I'll say this real quick before we actually start taping. I may have put on the opening for Signs as soon as I got home last night. <laughs> because the music score, I thought the music was really good in Knock at the Cabin, but Signs still takes the cake. Welcome to Was It Good, the podcast that reviews movies and TV shows. Today we're taking a look at M. Night's newest film, Knock at the Cabin. Spoilers ahead. I'm Ravi, joined by my two brothers, Arjuna and Krishna. And we're joined with our producer, Michael, as well. That's me. Oh, I need a mic. <laughs> that works. I mean, it works. It works. It's fine. We're, we're all casual here. We're in sweats for fuck's sake. That's true. I'm in pajama bottoms. Did we ever, was there ever a time where we dress, not professionally, but... I don't know. Not in your sweatpants and short gym shorts. Yeah, the uh, turtleneck and blazer episode. Didn't you want to do that for this episode? I did. I did. And then I didn't. We should do it for our next episode because that's 250. Ooh. I mean, we could. We could. I mean, our next episode is most likely going to be Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Exactly. World premiere is this Sunday. Really? Yeah. 2 5. That's great. Wait, isn't the Grammys also? Are you going to go to the red carpet? Why'd you pull that out? Oh, I just know. I'm, I, I was, I'm not going. Oh, just, oh. I just know it. That's because Arjuna's our man in the know. I'm in the know. Call oh. me the no man. No man. Speaking of no man, how about knock at the cabin? cabin. Oh, my. Interesting title. Well, there is a knock at the cabin. That's well, sure, that's but. the premise of the movie. Wouldn't it be like knocking? No. Because it's more than one. A knock mm. signifies like one single one, and Dave was kind of just knocking <clears throat> profusely on. But the you door. could also say, spoiler alert to those who haven't seen the movie: all the dead bodies hitting the floor in the <coughs> cabin. There's a knock. <laughs> their body. Hits. But again, though, that's multiple bodies hitting yeah. the floor. Yeah, but each one is an individual oh. knock. <laughs> <laughs> now this is uh, this movie is based on a book, which is Cabin at the End of the World, right? I believe. Oh, cabin nice. at the end of the world, and then they changed it to Knock at the Cabin. Interesting. Well, M. Knight uh, co-wrote the screenplay. I think he co- writes most of his screenplays. He does. He also wrote <laughs> Stuart Little. He did. Fun fact. Yeah. And he also directed Avatar. That's also true. <laughs> the, is, it, uh, is it called Avatar The Way of Water? The, the, last, air know, the last Airbender. Or what? I don't know. The Wave Water is a stupid Avatar movie. <laughs> wow. It's Avatar 2. Yeah. There's too many Avatar films is what I'm trying to say. I think James Cameron and M. Night Shyamalan should team up to direct their own Avatar movie. that Like a crossover event. You know, I had a dream real quick. We're on a tangent. I had a dream actually about James Cameron's Avatar movies. And in the dream, it was like, despite the sequel making $2.1 billion, the studio has decided to take everything they filmed and make it into one final third movie. I was like, what? It was weird. I mean, I could actually, depending on who comes into like head of like a studio, whatever, you could definitely see weird shit like that happening. I mean, he said, man, two move, two move. The first two movies in the franchise have made over 2 billion. Sure. But he could do as many sequels as he wants. Sure. But like, let's say he butts heads with like the studio execs or somebody says he's difficult to work with, or he pisses off the wrong person, regardless of how much money you bring into a studio. And we've seen it before. People will remove people, cancel beautiful, amazing shows like 1899. Are we talking about James Cameron not making movies? Cause he, (laughs) 
piss somebody him. off? I mean, this is a hypothetical. Hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically. You don't think you don't think his name and his he would have like a million offers within three minutes of getting fired from that studio. What if James Cameron got fired from the movie and they brought in M Night Shyamalan to finish Avatar? <laughs> it could only go up from there. What? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the way I look at the I don't know why we're talking Avatar here, but the way the Avatar films <laughs> are right now, it's it's a, it's a plateau. Right, it can't get worse, can't get better. It's just a fucking plateau, and that's that. I mean, the studio execs will say we have real two quick. Movies I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If, if, if people want to hear our thoughts on Avatar: The Way of Water, it's a previous podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. Synergy. Anyway, let's get back into knock at the goddamn cabin. Let's start off with one word impressions. Nice. How would each of you review the movie in a word? Can I go first? No, Christian can't. Damn. Uh, okay. Hopefully I'm not stealing anyone's, but mine, and I was talking to Ravi about this when we were playing Chivalry 2 on the PlayStation 5 last night. We're not sponsored. <laughs> we're not sponsored, but you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta try. Um, my <laughs> one word impression is science because mm. the movie, especially the sound design and then the situation in the beginning with all the knocking in the house felt like an ode to signs the when they're trying to get into the house i couldn't help but think of the scene in science when the aliens are trying to get in and all these sounds coming from the basement from the outside they're boarding up the house they're putting the couch in front of the doors they're locking the windows it was very science-esque uh and science is probably my favorite in my Shyamalan movie so it's a good thing uh so yeah science i like it it's a good one Ravi, what's your one-word impression? Mine is going to be a little bit abstract. Boy. <clears throat> so buckle up. You guys ready? Is it yes. what I think it is? Fruitcake. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm going I'm with fruitcake so because there's a there's a term out there where there's actually a subreddit. It's um religious fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of kind of like taking religion a little bit too extreme. Taking it and um Looking at certain things through a very particular viewpoint and kind of taking all, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Taking all kind of like common sense and just kind of removing it and just kind of staying on this path. And you have these four characters, the intruders that come in and they are very kind of, you know, set on this is what we have to do. You know, they're not ever kind of breaking away from their path regardless of these visions, regardless of the fact that they do have kind of a a hive mind thing going where they're feeding into each other's kind of power, you know, paranoia and everything. Um, so I use it kind of, you know, as a, a description for them, but then also like kind of a, a, as a description for the entire movie. When you think of a fruitcake, or at least when I think of a fruitcake, I look at it and I'm like, wow, it's supposed to be this like really delicate, moist thing, <laughs> like very full of moisture and, and, and every, cause you have all this like delicious fruit and everything. But usually nine times out of ten, it's the driest, dry, starchy, just heavy, dense thing that, you know, you, you walk away and after you've eaten a slice of it, you don't feel, oh, that was nice and fluffy and joyous. You're like, oh, that was intense and I've, I'm tired. So, fruitcake. I want to just uh, tell the audience a little bit. Before we entered the movie, Ravi sent me a text and said... <laughs> I am expecting this to be the greatest movie of 2023. 
Oh my goodness. So you should have you, your war depression should have been expectations because Probably. you set your expectations. I think above there's the one roof. there's one other thing we should mention about Ravi's viewing experience. It was his second movie of the day. Yeah. Was uh, so the fact that you walked out tired and <laughs> lethargic, you know, it's because you spent five hours in a movie theater. Yes, that's very true. So I have like a fitness tracker thing. And it was like, it was, I was in the red for yesterday because it was like, you were very inactive. <laughs> it's like, yes, if you sit in a theater for five hours, roughly, yes, that will probably, yeah. yeah. So it's not great. Yeah, I still like mine. Fruitcake. Fruitcake. Yeah. Fruit By the cake. way, uh, fun thing, I have a whole fruitcake in the fridge if either anyone here would, would like some fruitcake. Put some Nutella on top of it. Is that dad's fruitcake? Yes. Nice. I'm going to see if he'll take it. He'll probably take it tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, I also do have a jar of Nutella now that I think about it as well. Boom. Combine them and you'll you'll finish it. No time. It's true. Let's hear Juna's one word impression. I have two. No, you can't only have one. Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's pull literally the, called I'm one pull word the room impression. here. A or C. What? That's what I'm gonna, I'm asking everyone. A or C. That's, pick that's one. those are your two words? Pick one. No, I'm t- asking everyone to pick A or C. Letter? Yes. C. C. A, <laughs> well, majority rules. So C, uh, I'm gonna go with my set, my my C word, which is chicken. <laughs> Why chicken? Uh, so in the movie, you know, M Night Shyamalan always loves to cameo. Uh, oh, thank you. And yep, uh, yep. his cameo here was a uh, he was on an infomercial uh, selling some type of fryer, and he was, he was talking about chicken. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "This is the best fried chicken you've ever had without and, the oil, without the oil, right? Like yeah. it's some type of air fryer type of thing." And he really was like really going on about the chicken, and for some reason, it really stuck with me. Uh, and it makes me feel like maybe M Night, if he had never become a director, would have been like a chicken salesman. Or, or at the very least, like an infomercial, an infomercial person. Yeah. Maybe like that was his like second passion. His backup. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's get a little deeper here with this. Maybe you're onto something. Yeah. Like think about this for a second. Go back and look at all of his movies. They all are pushing like a certain theme, right? This movie, I think, definitely is pushing the idea of what um, belief and 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 uh, coincidence, coincidence versus all that. And like yeah. his movies could, I would argue, his movies are like infomercials. He's pushing <laughs> a singular thought or thing. He's trying to sell you on something, right? Like signs is are definitely about the idea of like belief, family, and and all that fun crap. Yeah, M so, Night is a salesman. So our our sentence is chicken fruitcake signs. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm picking either of you up from the airport, which rarely happens, I'm going to make a sign that just says chicken fruitcakes. <laughs> Ravi, you pick me up from the airport all the time. Oh, next time you come in. You're getting a chicken fruitcake side. No, just actually make him a chicken fruitcake. Oh, that sounds <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah, that's a, that's a no for me, dog. Chicken's another one of those things that can be moist, but then oftentimes dry. is dry. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things that can fall into that category. Like my yeah. humor. Even ice cream. <laughs> how Your could humor. I Explain to me how... He, um, not here. How how could ice cream? If it's too cold in the middle, it's like it's not dry. But you know how it can like stick on your tongue. No, no. You never had like ice cream that's too cold. That's like it's like freezer burned almost, and like it almost like it's like it's like an ice cube that's like too cold, and if you put your tongue on it, it gets stuck. Right? You can get that with some ice cream sometimes. I think you're ice creaming wrong. 
I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've eaten enough ice cream in my life to try all types of ice cream. <laughs> How much ice cream have you eaten in your life, RJ? Eating the wrong Probably kinds 7. of ice cream. Probably 7.8 pounds a day. What the fuck? Give or take. My 7.8 pounds. Well, God. you're in fantastic shape if that's true. <laughs> I did have ice cream after this movie. Did you really? Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. What flavor did you get? I got I a <laughs> cake batter ice cream that had oh, that's a good one that had Oreos, uh, the chocolate Oreos and the white Oreos mixed in. Ooh. Cold Stone, right? Yeah, they call it um, Cold Stone Cream. It's like cookies and it's like cookies and batter is what they call. Shout it. out to Burbank 16th, like the perfect setup in that area. There's so many great restaurants and stuff around there. Plus, there's the Batman statue, and supposedly James Gunn is going to explain to us why it's there. Speaking of James Gunn. He's referenced in my DVD chapter listing. Wow, Drew's just trying to push this pot along. <laughs> I know what you're doing. He's got, I he's see got what you're doing. It was a natural transition. I see what's going on. You got somewhere to be? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We'll do our Junus DVD chapter listing. And as always, Christian is going to read it. And he's going to read it in a character voice. In the character oh. of Dave Bartista's Leonard. How the fuck? It's either that, or you, actually, I'll give you options. You can either do that, or you could do um, Rupert Grant's terrible Boston accent. Rupert Grant. Grant, oh, whatever. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I They're was, both I was so... shocked when he's like, I'm from Boston. It's like, well, you guys have, what? Side thing, you guys haven't ever seen an episode of Servant. I've seen I've Severance. I've seen, or I've seen Servant. Servant. Yeah. I've seen a couple episodes. when you used to watch it at Curse. So he has like a terrible Philly accent in that one. Why does he keep playing American characters? Because, because they're funny. <laughs> Maybe he's running away from something. <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, a specific role. There, real quick Actually. on Rupert Grint. There's a funny There's a funny show, I think. I think it was on Netflix, a British comedy, where he, like, f- fakes having cancer to get all this sympathy. Um, and then he finds out, or he thinks he gets cancer, and then he finds out he's he doesn't have it, but he keeps lying that he does to get, like, sympathy, and people start treating him better. His girlfriend, like gets back with him, like all this stuff. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, that's him in, with a British accent, you know, his natural native So tongue. Rupert Grint, when he plays a British person, is better than when he plays an American person. <laughs> I mean, in this movie, he plays a drunk... I thought he did idiot. a great job. <laughs> he seemed yeah. like a very angry redhead. And that's, you know, that's, that's what he... His name was Redmayne, or, you know, Redmond. his nickname. Redmond. Redmond, there we go. Or was it, but that was his fake name. His real name was O'Brien or O'Bron. O'Bannon. 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 Nick O'Bannon yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. Not Nick O'Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Wow, it sounds <laughs> like this movie had a lot to it that I don't know about yet. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious. I'm realizing I have no idea what it's about. It's about a knock at the cabin. It's about a knock I know, at the cabin. I know there are bodies that hit the floor in the cabin. Those are the knock. And I know that Gru- Rupert plays a bad Bostonian with a different name than he says he has. Yep. He's a bigot, though. The He's movie's not kind of been ruined for you. <laughs> no, no. Spoilers. Yeah. Wait, wait, Christian. Those are your two options uh, for voices for our Junior DVD chapter listing. Uh, I'll go with Leonard, but it's going to be ridiculous and not sound like Leonard at all. Nice. It's actually pretty easy to do. Just like you do it. Let me hear you. Pretend like your chest is really like pretend like something's pressing on your chest. Hey guys, we are really sorry about what I have to do. That's not really it. I mean, I'm not <laughs> a voice actor. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you. I, I mean, I'm not either. But I keep getting saddled with this assignment. Yeah, sucks to suck. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. A junior's DVD chapter listing for Knock at the Cabin. Patience, young grasshopper. Aggressive sales tactics. Dave Bautista's stand-up routine. Oscar Isaac is coming. Ron Weasley and the worst Boston accent ever. <laughs> That's good. Run when run. Say that five times fast. <laughs> One last breakfast. Gun. James Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, man. Because there's a gun. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But Jesus. <laughs> Drax gets one last moment with his favorite knife. Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> Only you can prevent a forest. <laughs> Boogie shoes. You know, I realized I missed oh. actually a better opportunity for that Drax one. I should have done finger to the throat means death. Because <laughs> that's from oh, Guardians. That would have been. Yep. You know. that, honestly, well done. <laughs> that might be your best DVD chapter listing. The ever. only one I'm confused is the Oscar Isaac. Oscar he Isaac. plays Apocalypse. Yeah. It's the apocalypse. Oh, wait! I was gonna apocalypse make, is coming. Yeah, I made that joke. I was gonna talk about that actually. Wait, the apocalypse is coming. Oscar Isaac. So he plays apocalypse. So remember, you follow blind oh. And it's the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse. That's in, a deep that, cut. Yeah, and he has like the four horsemen. Yeah. Though uh, someone was telling me that all my children. These people, the the intruders, aren't really the actual four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now I'm not, I'm not updated on any of the apocalypse. They represent. Stuff. I mean, they, it, so we don't know exactly what they are, mm. but they, at least in Eric's, is that his name? Mm -hmm. One of the dads. In, uh, in his viewpoint, that's what they represented, is the four horsemen. Yeah, so, Eric. Whether they actually are or not is kind of irrelevant. It's just yeah. to it that, that ambiguous. It's like, is he actually he, having visions or is he just suffering from, from the, severe concussion? The, yeah. the consequences of his concussion. Consequences. What are the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Uh, horsey, pony, unicorny, <laughs> and uh, dinosaur. Ponita. I mean, they, so in this movie, they put it as like malice, nurturing, guidance, and I forget the healing. Healing. Yeah, healing. Wait, really? Yeah, that's, that's what they said oh, in this movie. I've yeah. never heard those as the four. It's normally what war, pestilence, famine, and death. Which and I those guess things, you, those were the things. Like so, as each of them died a plague or something terrible would happen. And well, the first one was like the waters and earthquakes uh, rising to wash away. When malice died. When malice died. When nurturing. Nurturing, nurturing died. died. That's when the plague, plague happened. Like the massive infection of some kind of COVID-esque type disease. And then healing. Healing when died. died. The planes. Plane, the, the skies will fall like glass. And it's all the planes just falling out of the air. So I'm never getting on a plane again. <laughs> Thanks, M. Night. That was fucking horrible. And then when Dave Bartista's character goes, and he's he's the lightning. guidance, guidance, right? Guidance. That's the when the lightning and, and lightning fire. and fire everywhere. Yeah. Oh, sounds so. intense. It was yeah. it was a very intense. Pretty, pretty great. I was definitely like cake. I was I definitely like, I would definitely like cut my ears for like the last half hour. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. I just I smiled. Cause I was like, say what you will say what you will about this. This movie had great tension. Oh, yeah. throughout and uh you know it's funny because before this movie arjuna i think saw some reviews saying that m night is back again, I, i'm not ready to go again. there yet but i will say that this movie probably since split had the most consistent best pacing of tension 
in an M Night movie since probably Split, I would say. No, what's nice is like yeah, pacing wise and tension wise, it starts off pretty intense. Creepy guy yeah. comes and starts talking to a child. That's always yeah. just an uncomfortable situation, and then it immediately goes into the action. The, what we've seen from the trailers, where these four people are breaking in and tying them up. It's a little bit lighthearted to kind of like break everyone's yeah. ease. <laughs> just and a little fun home invasion. Fun home invasion. There's a lot of clips well, in the first the little zany, yeah. The yeah. little zaniness of the four characters. And then it's like, just, oh, they're trying to fix up the place after they break in, you know. And Leonard's like this second grade school teacher. He's like, okay, you know, let's, we're going to watch go. this little animated movie. Yeah, we're going to watch this show to put everyone at ease. And then it's just He's, consistently intense until the very, very end. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's great. This is like one of his smaller movies. You know, it all takes place at the cabin, minus a few flashbacks. Uh, But it's a very intimate movie, uh, which he hasn't, Mm. you know, I I guess Old was also somewhat intimate. It all takes place really on that beach. Have you seen it? I did see Old. Yeah, it was Um, It's not his worst movie. What's his worst, in your opinion? Uh, After Earth, of the ones I've seen. Oh, yeah, that one. I forgot about that. Wait, and I showed did After Earth? Yeah, but... It should be said that Arjuna has not seen The Happening. I haven't seen The Happening, and I haven't oh. seen his Avatar. You've never seen The Happening? No, or you, guys, you guys told me bad. not to see it, specifically. Oh, I take that back. Go see it. It's so yeah, go bad. See it. It's good. <laughs> and then tell us how you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, After Earth of the ones I've seen is bad. And that feels like that area, because right around there is uh, The Happening and mm-hmm. Avatar. It was, seems like his career low point, just... I think that's when he was going through a divorce with creativity. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was divorce. That's awkward. Uh, Great. Tracks. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter is apparently a singer. She's also a director. Yeah. His other daughter. He has a few daughters. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Good for him. Successful family business. Speaking of him, so people... M. Night has done something that I think is very unique for a director in Hollywood, and that is he has created a style that pop culture mimics and makes fun of, and it's there, right? The M. Night Shyamalan twist, right? All of his movies are... The Shyamalan What is twist. the twist? What is the M. Night twist? Like, Sixth Sense? Oh, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Am I just going to list off all of his movies and spoil them for you? No, yeah. I won't Yeah, damn right I will. <laughs> but, you know, looking at this movie and... I, and Going back to earlier where, you know, I, I texted, like, this will be the greatest movie of 2023. I knew it wasn't going to be, but I did want this movie to Blow go back mind. to old M. Night stuff where there is something of, like, a twist. Um, just because, like, I'm a fan of The Village. I thought that was a really interesting movie, and, and that twist and that reveal I thought was actually super, super cool. Um, also, just to, like change the genre of the movie halfway through. Right? Yeah, like yeah. you think Joaquin Phoenix is the protagonist for the whole thing, and like you think this is a horror movie, but like actually, it's this like drama. Yeah, and, uh, it's um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, oh yeah, all along. Yeah, yeah, you know but that's like a huge. That was like a huge creative risk, and people didn't like it. You know when it came out. And yeah, it, it kind of that was his first like negged yeah uh, thing. type of movie. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was that I was hoping to get like a bigger twist. I mean, I guess do you guys see this film as having a twist? Do you think the twist is that there is no twist and that everything that is being said is actually I think that is a legit? twist. I think the twist is like it's happening. <laughs> oh no. But but the, oh, the, but like like these crazy people who are coming in and saying this apocalypse is happening and everything that they're saying 
is actually true. Right. Like, I don't think it's, I think the twist in of itself is it's not the traditional M. Night twist. It is like, oh, everything that's happened is at face value. So for, for I was telling, I was telling this to Krishna, is I think it would have worked better if there was more, you know, kind of shifting with, like, the audience's perspective on what's real, what's not real. Like, they sort of did it where it's like, you know, they realized that they had met on a message board. So suddenly now the narrative is, oh, we the narrative was, oh, we all had these visions and we just met on the broadwalk. And then suddenly it was, well, actually, no, we spoke on a message board and somebody suggested to me on the broadwalk. I wish they had played more into that. And then also, like, the uh, Rupert character... Um, Redmond. Redmond uh, being a part of their lives previously, right? And, yeah. you know, there was a whole idea of, like, we've been targeted. Yeah. I kind of wish there was more with that's, that. That's the biggest fumble of the movie. Yeah. What, the reveal of Redmond being the attacker of... Um, Andrew. Of Andrew in the past in Massachusetts uh, is a departure from the book. It's never confirmed, I believe, from what I read, that it's the same guy. But that should have been played up more. It, like I think they just moved past it too quickly and confirmed that this stuff was happening instead of like playing into the fact that like maybe it is happening, maybe it isn't happening. And I maybe wonder they really are a suicide cult. Yeah, and I wonder if there was like more that was cut out or something, right, within this movie. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, it was it wasn't it was a tight like ninety minutes. Yeah. So uh, you know I wouldn't be shocked if there was more to that. I wonder if we're going to get like a director's cut. No. Like a two-hour director's cut that never. plays that stuff up. I think M. Night has like pretty good creativity control over his movies with uh, sure. the studios. So I feel like this is the movie he wanted to put out. I've never heard. I've never heard otherwise, at least from him, being like, this isn't the movie I wanted. I know he's talked about like marketing before. And hasn't mm. been ha- like happy with marketing before for some of his movies, but so yeah, so speaking of marketing with this movie, I think the other thing that kind of annoys me with it is the second trailer for this movie gives yeah. way too much away. Yeah. That first trailer was Always. perfect; it was yeah. great because it didn't show like the the second trailer shows you the tsunami, some planes falling out of the sky, mm. and all that crap, and that's that's annoying because. If you go strictly on the off of the first trailer into this movie, not knowing or not having seen those scenes, you definitely don't know what's about to happen, what's about to come, and you, it will help play on the idea of like, are they a suicide cult and are they just crazy or is this legit actually happening? I think the other thing to play into is like, is it all coincidence or is it all like fate? Right. Like, did did um, I keep forgetting <laughs> their names? Uh, Leonard. No, did like Eric's sacrifice at the end actually cause everything to stop, or would that have happened anyway? Right? Because you don't know. Like, I think I think they play into this whole theme of like, this is all, and and um, and uh, Andrew continues to talk about that in the movie. It's like this is all like this is all would have happened anyway. Right. And like Leonard, the, the earthquakes in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Leonard even like said like the apocalypse was starting long before we came here. Right, like with the flu and everything, like that stuff was happening. But I think I think that is interesting. I kind of wish they played that a little bit more, where it's a little more ambiguous. I think they played it a little bit, just like, yep, his sacrifice was the thing that stopped it. But I wish it was a little bit more of mm-hmm. that M Night ambiguity, you know? 
of like, I, I was even expecting something in the final shot of like has all of this stopped or like is 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 this like actually the thing that stopped it or did it like stop naturally you, you know what i'm saying like i wish there was a little bit more that's what i've liked about m night's movies is more ambig- ambiguity sometimes and this one was probably the most like in your face hard cut like this is what happened um in the movie type of thing hmm. i mean it sounds like having not seen it that whenever they kill one of them a disaster happens and yes. then one of them dies, and they all stop. But they I do, don't understand where the ambiguity is. There, it, they play it. into the only way they know these things are happening is they play it on TV, right? And so, like they they kind of play into the idea of they could have played into the idea of this is pre recorded or this is timed or something like that. Or and there was a little bit of been that. something. Right, there was a little bit, um, but they didn't. They didn't like. Pl- they kind of played it just like. Only only Andrew questioned it briefly, but everybody else kind of took it as fact, and then it was just kind of fact. Can we also talk about, point. it's a cabin in the middle of nowhere, no cell service. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Are we yeah. truly going to believe that that TV was, they were just viewing coaxial cable? Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Like, And I wish they played more into that as well. Like, that, right? f- that part, like... Do you know how difficult it is to get cable out to the middle of fucking nowhere? Like, that is usually a couple thousands worth of dollars of, you know, investment out of your own money. Like, that that part seemed a little kind of weird to me where they've got a TV that they're able to connect to, like, news and stuff. They do have the phone line that they said they cut. That's true, I guess. I had direct TV growing up in the middle of nowhere. I had hundreds of channels. <laughs> Not sponsored by direct TV. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, yet. is it possible that they had... It's possible. It's definitely possible. It's just, I don't know. I mean, in, a, in an age where cable is uh, a, becoming more of a rare type of thing... I assume they had cell streaming. service... Well, if they had streaming, though, you needed some kind of... Internet signal. Internet connection or whatever. Usually, usually, both come hand in hand. Well, um, remember, though, this is a rental property. So, so we could look it up on Airbnb and figure this out for ourselves. Got it. Yeah, there you go. But most, <laughs> but most rental, the, the point there is most rental properties mm. will invest in the entertainment, right? Because it's, it's more alluring. So it's like, well, yeah, no, you get cable with your TV. It's like a selling point. The reason so. I assumed it was streaming or like on demand or some type of, you can pull things up not on a linear model was because Leonard asks when what her favorite movie is and then they're watching it, right? Like, right. That's the thing he puts on. Um, but wouldn't that leave, like if it's a streaming thing to, um, I think Andrew was saying it, like Leonard's consistently checking his watch right, to know when certain programs are on, like, right. you know. Which they say are from their visions. Right. I mean, he does, yeah. obviously, he has that part where he actually, like, talks and says the exact same thing as the news reporter. Right. But, hmm. I mean, again, interesting. Is it when you're watching it? A question: Do they set it up like a question of are they right or somewhat, not? or is I, but it I always think, like I think one of you has to die, and that's a for sure thing? I think it's a little clumsy in terms of how it presents it. Like I do think they do a good job of pre- they do like a Leonard asks him at different points is like, will you make the sacrifice? And then they say no, and then they do this kind of ritualistic sacrifice murder, murder of one of them. Uh, which is pretty brutal and like intense. They don't show it. Um, was the movie rated PG thirteen or R? PG thirteen. Uh, 
So they don't show, like, they don't actually show their, like, heads get bashed in or a gratuitous amount of blood or anything like that. Uh, but there, I just I just feel like there was a bit of a missed opportunity there to... Wait, like, you, want, wait like you want to see more grotesque? No, no, not the grotesque part, oh. but just, like, for some of the ambiguity to question some of the stuff, like, Andrew was the main focus, focal point of really questioning stuff, right? Like, he was the one that was like, we're not going to sacrifice, you're all crazy, this is weird, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, Eric is concussed and sort of goes along with it, has the vision that he kind of sees. They do play into that, does he see a vision, or is it he is severely concussed? And it's just, like, hallucinating at this point. But... Yeah, I just yeah. it felt like a, a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I you're right. I just think I think the point of the movie or for Shyamalan, I think the message he was trying to convey is like Eric's distrust of humanity based on his experiences versus Eric's uh more willing to take like a leap of faith, right? right? And, and the, that was kind of like the highlight because for most of the movie, like 95% of the movie, Eric is like this is bullshit. You know, we humanity. Even even if it's real, humanity doesn't deserve to live. You know, it takes Eric sort of like things can be good, uh, and it's you know we can make it good, right? You know, right? That, Eric convinces Andrew to kill him at the end. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, you know, I, yeah, yeah. And I, I think one thing M Night's always been, I think, pretty good at is figuring out what the focus of his movie is. And then that's what the movie is. Um, so for this one, it wasn't about a twist or being ambiguous. It was presenting the situation and then having these two opposite things play off of each other, which they did show a little bit in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. but yes. I feel like maybe there's like could have been one or two more just to like really emphasize the difference between them because you do get like the throwaway line when they're going for the adoption of Eric's like religious background right he like Andrew's like I won't make fun of you if you pray mm-hmm. but I think that if there had been just one more thing with like he's a little bit more spirit Eric's a little bit more spiritual Andrew's a little bit more cold hard facts which you get with like the attack and everything and you see him become this a little bit more hardened he takes self-defense classes he gets the gun mm-hmm. which comes into play in the movie james uh, gun james gun gun james gun <laughs> my best title ever oh, God. uh but i just feel like they could have done a little bit more with eric in particular do you think gun owners name their guns probably oh. never thought oh, about yeah. it. i don't know i think that i think they absolutely name their guns i mean i name my cameras and you, people name their cars yeah. or yeah. vehicles. Do you know what my car's name is? Uh, Galvatron. Galvatron. What is the camera shooting you called? The wide one is called Petunia. Petunia? And then my ISO one is called um, uh, Letitia. Letitia. Did I just Letitia. come up with this? That's what do you call my camera? Yours is called It. <laughs> oh. like Pennywise. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, look into your camera. That's Pennywise. Georgie. Hi, Georgie. We all float down here. <laughs> You'll oh, float, God. too. You'll float, too. Speaking of a sequel that uh, really missed it. <laughs> it, Chapter Ooh. 2. Not the best sequel I've ever seen. It did make me want Chinese food, though. Uh, yeah, that's what? true. So maybe it was When they all meet back as adults, they go to, like, a dim sum oh, right. Chinese. Yeah. Uh, but then, then it, demonic then it shit happens. happens. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, real quick, so like I said at the beginning, this film is loosely based on a book called Cabin at the End of the World. A book. Uh, I just want to speed through some of the differences here. And I think the first one is important for us. So in the book, the bo- the cabin is actually in New Hampshire, not New Jersey. This feels like a personal attack on people that lived in New Hampshire. Why, why can't it just be New Hampshire? Because uh, New Hampshire is a cr- creepy place. Oh, are you asking why couldn't the movie be in New Hampshire? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that was the cabin in New Jersey? Because uh, usually all of yeah, usually it's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, it was New Jersey, according to the internet. But when huh. he's uh, when we did the flashback and we see Eric and Andrew meeting at the, at the parks, right? Or meeting the the parents. Yeah, the they're what that is. I think Philadelphia. I'm not sure. It's it's a little ambiguous. Like I because I didn't know. I had no idea what forest where this cabin was in the movie i didn't i missed the context clue mm-hmm. if there was any uh and when i looked on the internet it said it was in new jersey oh so cool. wow because okay, the, the only context clue we get was the bar in massachusetts where the attack happens right um but that's it like that's the only of all the flashbacks and everything and when every every everything everywhere is happening like we don't know where uh andrew's is. parents happen right thing happens we don't know where the adoption happens um et cetera, et cetera. The internet says they filmed it in New Jersey. Mm. Is it supposed to take place in New Jersey? That, when I read a couple synopsises, they said it said New Jersey. So, but maybe they're also assuming because it was filmed in New Jersey, it takes place in New Jersey. But they never, they never really say in the movie. Uh, there's not, a, like. at least from what I can remember from seeing the movie, and maybe you guys remember, there's no context as to where a cabin is. See, I'm trying to remember what the license plate was even, but I, there's never I can't really. Remember. The it's only quick. the only license plate I remember seeing is when they at the very end of the movie they get uh, Redmond's truck. It's a Massachusetts plate. Which makes sense. He's from Mass. Right, but all the intruders are from ones from Mass, Different ones from places. California, ones from somewhere in the middle of the country. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Leonard's from Chicago. Yeah, and then somewhere some other spot. So. Yeah. Uh, some other differences, specifically with the intruders, so Redmond, how they die. Redmond, uh, he dies the same way. Um, <laughs> Adrian, Adrian, Adrian dies second, uh, but Andrew kills her. She died in the book. She dies like when he's trying to get the gun, he shoots her. Then Leonard, he actually dies third in the book and is killed by Sabrina. Any specifics there or just acts? It doesn't. When I was reading, it didn't say if it was like a sacrifice, like he was the third to be sacrificed or she killed him. I would assume a sacrifice. it, it It did say in the book, in the synopsis that I read, Sabrina after, because we haven't gotten to it yet, but when when Andrew gets the gun, the, the kid actually dies. In the book. In the book, because right. uh, Andrew kills Adrian, and then Leonard fights Andrew to get the gun, and then the gun goes off and kills Wen. Um, this devastates Leonard. He gets he lets himself get tied up by uh, Andrew and Eric. Adrian then goes, is like, this is too much for me. I'm going against it. Um, it says then... Leonard is killed by Sabrina, and I would assume Sabrina kills him, like... Sacrifice style? Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't say. And then she leads them to the car, and then she commits suicide. And that's and that's the difference. So in the movie, Sabrina just gets shot by Andrew. Right. right? She runs away after she stabs him, and then comes back, and he shoots her. Uh, and then Leonard slits his own throat. Right. In the movie. Well, yeah. Which, that shot was interesting, because... They're obviously, they're not, the nice thing with this movie is they're not actually showing you these things. It's kind of off screen. With this one, they kind of just cut his head off. But when they're like zooming in, 
<laughs> it's like they're zooming in on his biceps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many times do you think he pumped that morning? He pumped a lot. He pumped <laughs> every, a lot of between every tank. Do a pump. Uh, Did you guys find it interesting yeah. there are no ants on the food outside after a full day? That's your takeaway with this film. Well, it's just <laughs> interesting, right? It's, Sahara pointed out to me on the drive home. She's like, there's no way in the woods of food sitting outside would, there wouldn't be ants on it. And I, so I surmised, I'm like, is that part of the apocalypse? Like some of the ecological things going on, like all the ants are dead or something. Or like the earthquakes and the lightning bolts and all that. Wait, stuff. Wait, what? What like, food was outside? So if so. you if if you remember in the very beginning of the movie, Wen comes out and she runs out to her her dad's on the outside and they're eating outside. There's food, and even when you see Leonard, the like food is still there. We haven't cleaned oh. it up. There's no ants on it though. Gotcha. Maybe also it could bugs, just be like, an oversight. Yeah. Or there's no could, ants in New Jersey. That's or it how proves, we know. proves they're in a simulation. Anyway, some other big differences. So obviously, like when being killed in the book, drastically kind of changes how you know the dads look at everything and basically decide humanity isn't worth saving. Essentially. Yeah, uh, essentially, I think Eric in the it, like similar to the movie, uh, contemplates should I do this? But Andrew's like, if if he's like, I don't want to live in a world where God doesn't, you know, God decides essentially that when sacrifice isn't enough, right? Because right? It's it's a dark time, and so they just decide to neither of them will die, and they'll just kind of go wander on. the earth and the, forever. And the apocalypse like happens, fully happens Damn. in the book. And then the other, this one's actually kind of interesting. Um, so it looks like in the book, the death of the four horsemen truce doesn't unleash a plague. Redmond's actually delays it. Yeah. So in the book, it specifically emphasizes that like when one of them, like Redmond specifically, when he dies delays it for a day which is why they're able to like sleep to the next day interesting okay that's kind of cool um yeah and those are the yeah those are like the big main talking points that are different yeah crazy i mean obviously it's never i mean (laughs) you know like when things are adapted like the last of us video game to tv show sure people are always going to find that like one thing to like write it over how come nobody's writing over the, these differences between book and movie? People don't read the book. Interesting. That's true. Well, then what about Lord of the Rings? Those are books, and people really, really get upset. Yeah, those cause those are nut jobs. <laughs> fruitcakes, oh, <wow. laughs> perhaps. Religious fruitcakes of Lord of the Rings. I, I'm glad they didn't kill Wenoff in the movie. Same. I think, I think like, I, I actually think the character of Wen was uh, refreshing because I feel like in most movies, a little kid is always like this annoying. annoying little brat. And she was actually like smart and intelligent and did things like, you know, she tries to escape. She tries precocious. to escape. She gets her dad like a knife to cut the rope. You know what I mean? She like acts bratty when like needed to for like the, the signal and whatever. So I was like, this is kind of nice. Like she does yeah. get caught, but like you know, she's eight a years old, child. going against <laughs> Dave Bautista. So I don't fault her for that. I mean, the dude's <laughs> massive. Yes, I think. I, I mean, yeah, it's like uh, you know how like in most things, like kids are responsible for causing the the, the issues and the problems because they're stupid. In this, yeah, she was like she warned them that yeah. these four people were coming, and yeah. she was like very competent. I think that's one thing other than the twist that Shyamalan should be known for, or maybe even is known for, is he's great with kids. Yeah. All of his Science. movies have kids in them. Six Sense. That Most are, of them. Are, are and they're smart. all phenomenally yeah. well-directed. Yeah. Signs especially, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, they feel realistic. Versus well, so like what? so many other movies where it's just like, wow! Wait, so then what <laughs> happened with uh, Avatar? Or after? I never saw <laughs> Avatar. 
The Last Airbender. So. I would say that the kids were no worse than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's fair. I guess. Uh, for Avatar, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it's an interesting time for this movie to come out. It's coming out at the beginning of February. The month of just love. Just in time for Valentine's Just in time Day. for that. I would argue that this movie is a romantic film for couples. Mainly because it was, I, I saw this with um, uh, Lauren, Sahara, and Arjuna. And as the movie and the credits were rolling up, Sahara leans over to Arjuna and says, so would you kill me to save the world? And you know what? That is what I think a lot of couples are going to be asking after they see this film. Sure. They're going to turn to their significant other and say, would you kill me? Or be killed to save humanity. So, wow. I want to ask you guys the big question: Is it? Do you feel? Do you feel humanity right now is worth saving if you had to sacrifice your significant other or yourself? I would say no for humanity, but then like if it includes like family and friends and people like I actually care it about does. and know. But would it, it, oh, would, it, it yeah, certainly that's, does. That's We're all very human. So f- for that reason, I would, I would do that. I would, I wouldn't kill, I wouldn't kill my partner. I wouldn't kill Sahara. Right. But I would let myself be killed if needed. I think wow. majority of the people would say I'd let myself go. I would. Uh, I wouldn't. I would. I would, I'd be kind of curious to wander the earth. For all eternity and hear the screams of humanity. I think, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm with Ravi. Wow. I am as well. Like, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people who would say I would sacrifice myself in the moment are just lying or they, <laughs> they, I'm not saying that's true for you, Juno, by the way. I just think a lot of people who say that don't in the moment would choose something different. Um, but I agree. I think wandering the earth for a little while before you inevitably die yourself. You know, it could be kind of interesting. Kind of fun. <laughs> seems boring. And then we, you know, it seems better be dead, than so. murdering somebody you love. That's why I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do the murder. Because yeah. well. then I, I would be like, well, this sucks. Yep. But would you force your significant other to murder you? Because that's also pretty horrific. It too. is horrific. Yeah. But, if but means, you're dead, so you but don't if have it means to they deal get with the to that, I mean, there's also the child aspect of it, too, that's right? True. With yeah. the, I think, like, in thinking of, like, can like Sahara and my child in this theoretical world like continue to live? Then yeah, I would do it, and mm. I'd be like, "Sure, Sahara, I hope you're strong enough to <laughs> get therapy <laughs> to get figure, therapy. Get, figure this all out." There was a is it I think Discussion Film had an article that came out about this film, and it, it ends with like, "I really hope when and uh, Eric." or uh, when and Andrew get some really really good therapy. I mean, yeah. Th- yeah. Like, like they do show that little brief, um, you know, air flash forward, flash forward of like them being happy, but I'm, also a lot of electric cars. In that, uh, yes, <laughs> tons of electric cars. <laughs> it almost it almost looked like it was shot like a car commercial, like Pro- the, probably the glean. Probably was. I, was I like, mean, car commercial. Fun fact: This film is banned in states like Texas and Florida <laughs> because they're very much against electric. Oh my cars. god! Uh, but yeah, it, fuck you know, Florida. So they're obviously happy there, but like. Their lives probably aren't great. Really. I would think when would eventually, with a lot of their lives look great, be, be able to like kind of get over it. But like Eric being the one that actually, or Andrew, Andrew being the one that actually had to murder Eric. Eric, I don't know if you ever get over that. Yeah, that would be yeah. so. Uh, I will say, I will say the choice it does become different if you have kids, right? Yeah, that's definitely. why the character of when is very important for the movie. Because if you don't have kids, you're like you're you're willing to be more selfish. 
Right. You know, you'd be like, sure. oh, what do I want? But if you have kids, you're it like, also, okay, what's best for the kid? Right. And it also, especially, you know, the, when dying in the book, I think it makes perfect sense why it would be like, well, yeah, well, fuck yeah. humanity at that point. Fuck humanity, right. Yeah. We have nothing to, yeah. 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 Fuck them. Exactly. Fuck them. Fuck them. Right. It changes yeah. the entire scope of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds That's like you make the kid do it, prepare <laughs> for the dark future that lies ahead. Clearly, this isn't the last If time. this was M. Night in 20, 2002... If this was M Night earlier in his career, how different is this movie? Ooh, I think there's. I think it's a little bit longer, and it plays more on the idea of These, what is what is actually real and what is just like a coincidence. I think. It, I think earlier in his career, he's a little bit more cynical, right? Like he, as he's gotten a little older, I feel like he's mellowed out a little bit more. But like, I feel like earlier in those movies, I don't know like, if that's true. Interesting, because uh, look at how Signs ended. Yeah. Look at how the Sixth Sense ended. Yeah, but that was like all the, before. Those are oh, all. No, this is a good. This is a good thing to bring up. So, Lady in the Water, he made as a story. It was a story to to his children. And if you look at when Lady in the Water came out, and like that's the middle point. Those early movies, Signs, The Village, um, Sixth Sense, more cynical than what he's put out since. Signs? Then. How is Signs cynical? The world basically. It's not. A lot it's, of people die. No, the, the science is about a man regaining back. faith. Yeah, <laughs> he gets sure. his faith back. Like, uh, you know, Merle swings away. Like, no, science is actually like ends on a very hopeful note. Like, science could have ended so, you know, poorly in terms of optimism. Uh, so I don't know if that's. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think he's always been pretty cynical. Like, good hopeful. things. Good things can happen. Right. It is interesting <laughs> that he changed the book ending that he saved the world in his movie and the book the doesn't. world does well i think i think going back to michael the point you made of like his relationship with kids and his movies like i think that was probably just a step too far for him like, yeah to kill a kid yeah and I, I, that's fair i mean that should be always in my opinion like that <laughs> should always be the hollywood standard is like you don't do like we already have enough nut jobs already yeah doing shit like don't don't never don't do that it's dumb like, there was keep a it, there, uh, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's just like things you just don't want to like yeah, see don't do or it. relive. Yep. In, in, in yeah. And sometimes. if I ever hear the stupid term of always for the art, fuck off. Like, oh man. fuck off. It's for the art. That's what Will Smith <laughs> said after he, he slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. It's for the art. Wait, don't get me started. The Academy. <laughs> fucking that? asswipes. No, no. It was, it was just a, it was a poorly timed oh, it was joke. A joke? Oh. It was a good joke though. Uh, we are I, about I, poorly timed jokes. Anyway. I could see it. I could see him saying something stupid like that. Speaking of Will Smith, he just announced uh, Bad Boys Four. I'm excited. I've never seen any of the Bad other Boys Bad Boys Three. Sucked. You've never seen Wait, the Bad, other Boys Bad Boys for Life. You didn't huh? like it, Christian? The third one. The one that just came out a few years ago. Yeah, it wasn't good. Oh, I liked it. No, you didn't. I did. You didn't like Triple Frontier, but you like Bad Boys Three. Yeah, I think our June's a Will Smith stand. <laughs> no, it was just a fun. It was a fun throwback of an action movie. Ugh. It reminded me of like Rush Hour, honestly. When's it, Rush Hour Four coming out? Never. No, didn't they announce uh, they're going to do a four? It's been saying it for like a decade. Yeah, plus. a long, long time. And I mean, Chris Tucker and and, and uh, um, Jackie Chan, unfortunately, they they're getting put put old. It, put this into context. Rush Hour 3 came out in 2007. Yep. 16 years ago. Some would, Damn. At this some rate, would say... They're not going to be in Rush Hour 4. Nope. <laughs> not at this rate. It'll be Rush Hour like retirement home. 
Yeah, <laughs> actually, I mean, uh, like seeing a Rush Hour movie where they're both geriatric <laughs> could be hilarious. <laughs> like, we got to solve one last case. <laughs> you know, they did that TV show a few years ago, though, like on TBS uh, or TNT or something. One of those channels. Wait, like a Rush Hour TV show? Yeah, yeah. With them or no, 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 like other actors. And would, did it get canceled because I think after like one or two seasons, yeah, that makes it wasn't popular. It's not going to work without those two. All right, I think it's, it's, like, it's time to ask that big question here because I'm, I'm. I should Dave I, Bautista be nominated for a actor <laughs> Oscar? Actually, real quick, speaking about Dave Bautista, Christian, I know now that you're a stan of his, so you'll, you'll love this. He was recently on the Late Show with Gordon, the James British, Gordon, James, James Gordon. Gordon, Corden, Corden, and um, James asked him, like, you know, what genre of film have you yet? to want like what genre do you want to still explore and he's like for some reason i keep trying getting to rom-coms and i keep getting like you know this is actually heartbreakingly sad yeah he's like am i just ugly yeah i was like so i will say i think there should be a campaign started to get him into a rom-com because i think it'd be amazing who should he who should be his like uh his opposite so rom-com doesn't have to just be about Obviously, like you know, a, a couple or like sure. a like a traditional love story, whatever. It could be something like John Wick and his dog, which that is a rom com. I consider it a rom com. Well, it's more of a rom drum, rom violence. No, that's a straight action movie. <laughs> no, there is a romantic rom-com. element a between him story. and his dog. There yeah. should not. Yeah, have John been Wick is a revenge. No romance movie. between dog and man. <laughs> yeah, that's but, one line. That's another line Hollywood should not cross. Bestiality. <laughs> yeah, God damn does it. not do that. But yeah, I would love to see him in a rom com. I think that should be his next yeah. thing. So rom coms are all playing. about chemistry, so yeah. if you can just get the right chemistry with uh, the of uh, the other lead, even Gerard Butler's been in a rom com. He's been in quite a few. That was weird. Quite a few yeah. uh, rom coms. Gerard Butler, that man has been in. <gasps> what if Gerard Butler and Dave Bautista did rom com together and they fall for each other? I would pay so much money <laughs> to watch that. <laughs> I would too. I, I honestly don't want to see that really badly. That would that be, would so, be and just make it like also like a action. typical action yeah. movie, but with a rom com. They're element. like rival. I, I got it right. They're like rival agents at like rival agencies, and they're like enemies, <laughs> but they like keep falling for each other, and they have to go against each other. But like at the climax is them coming together and being together instead of fighting each other. Right, because their agencies disown both of them. Yeah, because their love is forbidden. Oh, it's like yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. but with, Only with agencies. <laughs> you know, they say Hot Fuzz was written like a rom com. If you want to get an idea of what that would oh. look like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hey guys, I figured out our next writing project. Boom, let's do it. <laughs> Dave Bautista's rom com with Dave Gerard Bautista's Butler. With Gerard Butler, Butler yeah. Rom com. Who's they, gonna be? The, they can the the final credits is uh, that song Genghis Khan, but it's with oh, Gerard yeah. Butler yep. and Dave Bautista doing the dance number. Boom. And then you gotta have like old like action stars be the directors, right? Mm-hmm. So you need Stallone. like a Sylvester Stallone and Harrison Ford. <laughs> what? Boom. You wanna have Arnold in there? Arnold will cameo as You're the just making Expendables five at this of point. the United States. No, Arnold could be like the weird old friend or whatever one of the characters. He's the third. He's the one that's like pushing no. them together. Like you're no. meant to be. He's the ex-husband. Ar- Arnold. He needs to Arnold be a foil. is the head of one of the agencies. No, I like oh, yeah. I like the idea of like Arnold being like you know in like a rom com. There's always that friend that's like, oh, you guys are meant to be, and like helps you get set up. That should be Arnold's role in this, but like through like a military. Come on, Gerard. <laughs> Dave is such a good man. <laughs> get down, <laughs> go down again. Oh my god. 
Oh, Put down geez. the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Love each other. Love each other. <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> okay, you guys stop. <laughs> All right. Anyway, knock at the cabin. Arjuna, was it good? Yeah, I'm going to say it was good. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. It's not M. Night's best. It's not his worst. Uh, but he's been on like a... He's like swinging for average right now, if that makes sense, right? Like he's... If you look at his career, right? He started with some like real classics. Then he was in the real doldrums. And then he kind of came back up. And now he's like averaged out. Where he's making like... Movies that are not horrible, not bad, but they're like, uh, as Michael said in our car ride, like an A-list movie, right? You got a Thursday night. You're like, oh, let me go check out this movie. I'm going to go see it. Did I, you know, enjoy most of it? Yeah, I did. But will I ever watch it again? Probably not. That's always so weird when, like, for me, a big qualifier is if you're going to watch it again, like, helps determine if it's good or not because it means it hmm. was good to the point where like you you care to see it again not always like if it's a really good horror movie like i don't like horror movies but if it's a really good horror movie uh part of it being good is i never want to watch it again because it's so horrific it's <laughs> <laughs> just a bad movie. like no no no, like scary you know what i mean sure like horrifically scary where like i can't sleep for days for days okay. like that's how i feel about the like original alien movie like, really it's that's really... not scary anymore but when i watched it as a kid Mom and dad did it not. It was really Alien scary. scary. I saw it on the television. Okay. So then, also, they didn't even see like the good version. You yeah, saw like a TV edited it was, version. It was still scary to seven-year-old Arjuna. So an alien pops out, then it goes to Tide yeah. Pods or Tide uh, <laughs> Tide Laundry Detergent. Yeah. Ah! Tide Pods did not exist in 1999. Did they not? Well, at least they weren't oh. commercialized, as I remember it. The military it was a military product, <laughs> probably. Uh, Krishna was knock at the cabin. Good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I will watch great. it again. Uh, I thought the sound design was great. Uh, the tension was awesome. I actually want to do a rewatch in a couple of months to see if there are any elements that I missed. Uh, and actually, I kind of ranked out all of his movies. I think, in my opinion, this is his fifth. His fifth best movie. Ooh, what are your... What's four through one? Uh, so, number one, I'm going to go with Signs, Signs, then Unbreakable, then Split, then Sixth Sense, then this. Where would you put The Village? Sixth? Uh, I didn't like Village, but yeah, it's probably somewhere in that... You should... When was the last six time to you, eight range. When was the last time you watched The Village? Over 10 years I ago. would highly recommend you rewatch it as an, like, as an older adult. As an, an as a geriatric man. fuck, yeah. Just because you'll 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 look at it through a very different lens. Well, the sure. one M Night movie I haven't seen that I really do want to see, The Happening, is The Visit. I have the seen visit. that one, what which I've, I've heard people visit? like. That's the one that the he kids did. go see their the grandparents. kids go see their grandparents. Oh, that one! I forget that one because it. Yeah, I legitimately forget that. People film. really like it. That was one. it was actually pretty the, freaky. Yeah, that's what I, I never heard. Saw it. Super I, scary, I, I, and I, I like s- the allegory. I want to see it. Uh, I do, it. It's it's one of his more. It's like it was in that career lull for him, and that was like the one he did before Split, I mm. believe, which was his oh. big comeback, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I I didn't even know that movie existed. <laughs> wow. And you call yourself an M Night Shyamalan super fan. I don't. What? Ravi. Hello. Was knock at the cabin. Good. 
after much discussion and sitting here for an hour with you fools. Fools. And talking about Dave Bautista and Gerard Butler in a rom-com, my views have changed drastically. Therefore, I'm going to go with my original thought on this film, which is, yes, it was good. Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say no. I put no. No, I, even though, like, it's not by no means it's his best, I think still it it uses, it, it picks up on, like, common day, like, discussions and themes and things that's happening in the real world and plays with this idea of, you know, religion and the apocalypse. And, like, it tells an interesting and nice new story that I'm not familiar with. And it doesn't end in a way where you're like, oh, I was tricked or like it comes across as like dumb or stupid. It comes across as like, wow, very intense, tiring experience, which, you know, means that you're going to think about for a while and you don't want to eventually watch it again. So good stuff. Wow. 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 Thank you. I am chicken right now. (laughs) I was just trying to use my one word impression. No, you're a fruitcake. Yeah. I'm science. Junior, you're you're a vegetarian, so you can't be chicken. You're you know, have you guys ever had veggie chicken from like Veggie Grill or something? Oh, man, I really want Veggie Grill. Veggie Grill is gross. No, it's not. It goes yeah, right through you. That yeah. is so maybe many, for you. I'm also with so Ravion. many chemicals in that thing and sauces and galore and sugar. Veggie Grill's great. It's disgusting. It's great. It's my McDonald's. Okay. What no, you your McDonald's is McDonald's. No, I don't like McDonald's. You I look- don't really eat anything from McDonald's except breakfast food. Fish which fillet. They don't, I don't like fish, fish fillets that much. Why? They're not good. They're delicious. They're overrated. Fish are They're the most overrated fast food out oh, there. Krisha, I think you I shut th- your you shut your mouth. <laughs> Krisha, I think I found a clip that we should uh, put on the internet. The bun is oh, sugary. The fish is disgusting. How's the bun sugary? And the and the and the uh, and the tartar sauce is disgusting. It's divine. No. It's not. It it coats the crispy, perfectly. It's crispy not crispy ever. It's always soggy. Filet. It's disgusting. It's so the fish is probably five years old and probably contains like two percent fish. So, <laughs> it's definitely frozen though. So it's wait, fine. Hold Arjun, wait, Arjun, wait, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. It's just so everyone's aware. Arjun is a pescatarian, so he's a. Pest. I like good fish. I don't like shit. So fish. he's a pest. He's a pest. <laughs> but let me get this right. You like good fish, fish, and you like your your meats, the meats that you eat, to be real. But then at the same time, you like veggie grill and veggie chicken? Yeah. I, it's fake fucking chicken. Yeah. I yeah, like, exactly. I told, uh, it's better than a fish fillet at McDonald's for me. I highly disagree. We're doing a taste test, a blind taste test. Blind. You'll you never will never know the difference. Chicken or not chicken? <laughs> <laughs> now uh, I want McDonald's. Yeah, I want a fucking McDonald's. Yeah, God I want McDonald's too. Yeah, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get that for dinner. Thanks, Juno. <laughs> oh, oh, we just. I'm also gonna get some veggie grilling. That's burn. all right. A okay. cheeseburger and fries. Here's my would other. Be good. Here's my other rant for this podcast. Oh my God, McDonald's. Bring back fucking all day breakfast. It's too complicated. No, it's not. The machines have to be. They're liars. On. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> With okay. that, we're just gonna end it here. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find these podcasts in full on YouTube.com slash Was It Good. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Was It Good Pod, and check us out on Twitter at Was It Good. Our next, we are actually gonna take it off next week because. Um, one of us still likes to work for some stupid reason. And who is it? Yes. We'll let you guess which who one. Put it? in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments. Who's still working? I work for McDonald's. 
That's why he just that shit could it be a there. red herring. <laughs> but we are taking next week off. We'll be back the following week to review and give our Quantumania. crazy thoughts on Ant Man, the Wasp, and Quantum Mania. Quantum. Till then, peace.